Here we are at Funky Careers, podcast number 21, and I'm David Key, the founder of Funky Careers. And we've got our second guest this time on the podcast, just to help, I guess, that guest to share her knowledge of her experiences and her career journey to date. And we've got Kate Taylor. So, Kate, say hi. Hi everyone, hope you're all doing well. Yeah, thank you very much Kate. Look, and what we try to do with these podcasts is give a starting point of where um, the person is currently at and then we have that music, we don't actually have that music, but that music it sort of goes, sends you back in time, we're on a tight budget. So, uh, but it go, takes, takes you back to a start of this person's journey. So that's what we try and do and the whole purpose of this is to educate and create people's awareness of the way a career works. It's not all just linear, it just, sometimes you just cannot write the script for the way the career works. So Kay, I guess to start off with, yeah, what's your current title? What do you do at the moment? Yeah, so currently I'm working at Coles and I'm what's known as an associate product manager, um, working in the e-commerce space and specifically in network strategy. Okay, so that's great. That gives you an idea where Kate is and we'll probably explain a bit more about that because that's just a title. But like I say, we'll get a sense of where that is, but we've got to see where Kate actually came from. Besides, you know, talking about her parents and birth and all that, that just gets a bit too. So we'll move past that. But let's go back to when Kate was, say, very young and just her first thoughts, maybe even in primary school or when you're very young about careers and what you wanted to do. Yeah, I think the first sort of uh, time I thought about it was back in prep and it was like back in the time when they're like, and what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. And I think at that time I was like, I want to be a teacher. Yeah. Um, as a prep, you don't really get exposed to much else. You don't really know what's out there. Yeah. Um, but I think that was probably my first memory in terms of what I want to do. You want to be on the other side of the classroom yeah, sort of yeah, thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that sort of, yeah. That, so that's a starting point. I'm sure, you know, you've all had thoughts when you, you think about your starting points and how, you know, you thought about a career when you're young as to where it turned out. And obviously what Kate mentioned is titles to start with. That doesn't sound directly like a teacher. Um, but there's more to unpack, as they say, with that all. So how did, how did it evolve from there, Kate, in terms of career and ideas? Yeah, so probably teaching has always been something that I've considered along the way. My mum was a qualified teacher sort of thing, so that's always been around there. My parents both worked in schools. Yeah. Again, so you're around that education side of things. Yeah. Um, but I think probably maybe late primary school, early high school, I sort of started thinking about architecture. Right. Um, my dad was doing a lot of like drawing of floor plans sort of things. So I wanted to draw floor plans. Yeah. Like he got me an old sketchbook and I would just be there designing yep. houses, yep. Um, landscapes and things like that. Um, I guess it's sort of an arty creative side in there. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, that sort of, I don't know, I think... Where maybe... did that drop off, Kate? What, 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 what happened there? Is that just sort of... Where, I don't a... know, I think maybe it just moved more into a passion of, like, real estate and looking at houses and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a very competitive career, I think. Like, to go into real estate takes a lot of study. Yeah. Um, a lot of hard yards. So yeah. it sort of just, like, ended up just floating in the background, became more of a passion rather than, like, a career that I wanted to probably follow. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And sort of just focused on my studies and yeah. went to see where the world took me. Yeah, that's right. And you talk about like passion, it was a bit of a passion, but probably even moved to a bit of a hobby and interest because yeah. the career sometimes moves to, oh, not the yeah. passion, but you know, that's something that I suppose you've got that higher level of engagement where you connect. 
Yeah, and you with, sort of sometimes you maybe want to think, oh no, that's more of a fun thing. I don't want to mix work with that. Yeah. With some things, you just yeah. want to make sure you can keep it separate to keep it just enjoyable. Yeah. And it's probably like sort of where that is. Like I still love looking at realestate.com, oh, okay. looking at layouts and stuff like yeah. that. Being like, oh, you know, why didn't they build it like this or something like that? Because yeah. that would give you more storage or like you know, yeah. the practical side of things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's probably always like just an interest yeah. and it's just yeah. something you can keep on the side. And yeah. Keep you engaged. And that's a, that's a good point. Like when we think about careers, we're also thinking about life. Mm. And life is part of what we do outside our actual job because if it's, you know, we've got an interest outside or we've got a relationship that's good outside and that sometimes, that, and it really makes the environment when you go to your career a lot more you know, enjoyable if you've got the balance right. Exactly. But it, one of the cornerstones is no doubt about the career and, yeah. and what you do because you spend a few hours a day there. <laughs> so she's got to be pretty good and that's why it's worth spending time yeah. finding out about it. So what, what happened there? Because I sense this helping people thing mm. is a bit of a thing that's sitting there at, at, at the moment since the start, but we yeah. don't know what that means. What sort of, yeah, what happened there, man, in terms of, I guess you're in high school, you start to think about options and what you're going to do and that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, so high school, um, I was always complimented by teachers in terms of my ability to help people and like I was quite good at maths so I would help like some of my friends with their okay. maths and help explain things. Yep. So that's probably an element of the teaching side that was still like lingering around there. Yeah. But it was probably safe to say that as I was like in year 11 and 12, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. There was this teaching side of things. I was quite bright. Um, my careers counsellor at school was like, you know, have you thought about engineering? Both my brothers had previously done engineering. I didn't really want to follow down that side of things. Yeah. I quite liked my science. I liked a bit of the business side of things. Again, good with numbers, accounting, yeah. putting things together. Yeah. So I think after I... Or, when you have to put in your, uh, we call it, the, you, your request for what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you finish school, I just sort of put in science, business. I started by going, I'll do a science and commerce degree will be my first choice, which yeah. I did manage to get yeah. um, at Monash Uni. But at that point, I was still a bit like, before that, I still want to sort of explore that teaching side of things. Yeah. Um, and I'd had some of my brother's friends who had heard about taking gap years. Yeah. Um, where you can go and work in a school for that year and yeah. I sort of thought that would be a great opportunity. Yeah. I can go get some life experience, live yeah. and work overseas and I can like suss out this teaching thing if yeah. it's for me. It's a good idea. Thinking, yeah. you know, if I really love it, I can always switch back yeah. um, or I could do a switch in my degree and put teaching in yeah. there or something. That's yeah. always an option. Um, so, yeah, I did some research in sort of like... Uh, year 12 yep. and I managed to um, find a school that would take me in the UK just yep. near Bristol yeah um, and took a gap year over there so I went moved over there just after my 18th birthday and spent a year over there oh, living in a amazing. school so yeah. which was like really good like just to grow yeah. as a person like I mean yes I'm still in a school I've spent this past 13 years in a school yeah but it's very different perspective you're on a different side of Oh, definitely. As you say, so. Yeah. And with unpacking that, I suppose when you thought business science <laughs> as a, a degree, it's sort of like, it, it feels like you're hedging your bets. But I, I don't know, what was your thoughts about business science? Or, and I suppose initially, which one do you think you really liked more? Or yeah, Just tell us about that thought process. I would say you probably hit the nail on the head there by saying hedging my bets. Okay. Um, in yeah. terms of like, I wasn't really sure which one. Let's yeah. just put both in there yeah. and see where the world takes you. Yeah. Um, 
like my, my units that I took um, in year 11 and 12 was I did two maths units. Yep. Um, I did chemistry, I did English, accounting, and geography. So yep. they were sort of like my year 12 subjects that yep. I've done. Um, obviously, there's a lot of science in there with your maths and chemistry. Yep. But then, you know, I did have that passion for numbers, which came out in the accounting side of things. The yep. geography also one was a bit more like a bit of a fun subject, yep. Yep. I would say. Um, yeah, so I just really didn't know which way I wanted to go. I knew I liked numbers, the problem solving. Yep. Both science and commerce could hit that. Yeah. Um, but again, you don't really know what you say science and commerce, but what does that really entail? Yeah. When you go to uni, like, what are you going to find out? Like, how, like commerce, there are, I don't know how many different majors you could go from yeah. accounting to marketing. Yeah. Um, I started by studying econometrics, which probably sounds really big and scary. It does but, actually, because um, I'm not too sure what it is, but I'm sure it's something to do with metrics and measuring, but I don't know. It's maths in an economics world. So yeah, okay. Mean, yeah, um, yeah. But there's so many different majors and stuff you can do within there just once you're in that commerce door. Um, yeah. And likewise, once you're in through a science door, there are so many different things that you can study within yeah. there that it sort of just becomes a bit of an exploration when you get there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's really interesting, like, when you think about the, the parts where you go, okay, I like numbers, and then you think about what you're saying is, you know, they're transferable. Like, I could use them in commerce, I could use them in science. Mm -hmm. I'm good at that thing, I'm good at working with data. Yeah. So you've got that side running through your head. And just remember, like, these are for everyone out there. These are thoughts. Like, we've got Kate here and telling about her experiences. And, you know, she's in done year 12. It's quite normal if you're not sure what you want to do. All mm. right? This is quite a, a normal sort of story. And then Kate's, and we'll go into this a bit more, Kate's probably gone, well, I'll put this down as a starting point. But, geez, I want to explore that teaching side, which you mentioned. And to do that, that's part of how you develop about your, your own self. You know, you create your own sort of, I guess, that self-knowledge about yourself, understanding, you know, who am I? What am I about? So Kate's taken this trip to go overseas at age 18 to explore teaching and probably, you know, she probably wanted to travel and see the world too. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't do it because you could arguably teach locally or do something else along those lines. So these are the things you do in terms of developing who you are. Some will go overseas and travel, some may do it as a hobby or an interest, some may volunteer in certain areas to understand more about who you are. But what did you get out of? Because we talk about life experience mm -hmm. quite a lot. You know, we go, oh, well, from your point of view, you've met, I'll go over there and find about teaching. And you've sort of alluded to, the picture's a bit bigger than that, because it's life experience you're 18. So what else did you get out of it in terms of understanding who you are as a person, in terms of, one, the career, but also just generally about yourself? What did you find out about yourself? Yeah, I think I, think I realised how independent you can be, um, mm. and how much you can learn about yourself and drive your own direction in terms of where you want to go yep. again living at home throughout high school you're sort of directed by your parents where you can go what you can do yep. um over there you basically have cut off all those ties you're there by yourself yeah um and you're like you know what i want to go to rome for the weekend yeah i'm gonna save some well, everyone money. wants to do that don't they They want to go to the rome for the weekend i mean why wouldn't you why yeah. not yeah so you know it was up to me i was like well how much is it going to cost for me to go to rome for a weekend yeah. i've never sort of 
I mean, the biggest thing I'd done was I had my mum help me book my flight over there, and then I was over there, what do you do? Yeah, 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 um, that's great. So then it was like, well, how much is it going to cost me to go to Rome for a weekend? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I need to make sure I save this much. When can I have time off to go to Rome for a yeah. weekend? And yeah. you've sort of got to put all those things together. So you start to learn the biggest skills like organization, um, independence, um, just being able to communicate with people. Because if yeah. you go to places by yourself, you've got to be like, well, how am I going to get around? Yep. This was back in the year where not everyone necessarily had a phone. I didn't have a smartphone at the time. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, I need to make sure I'm safe when I'm over there. How can I do that? You know, yeah. like, I managed to get an iPod touch because then I could have maps and I could message people through yeah. that, even though I still had like a brick of a phone. Yeah. So there's things like that where you've got to sort of just become more self-aware, realize what the world's about. Yeah. Um, I had, of course, people within the school that I was living at who were there to like support. Um, yeah, that's but right. they're not your family. They become more like a friend support network, yeah. which is very different to what you've had previously. So they're more there like, you know, if you go have a great time, not mum being like, oh, you know, be safe, wear your money belt, keep everything you yeah. know, really close. They're more there like, make sure you have amazing time. Yeah, that's so, right. I'm not worried about, yeah, make sure you don't lose your passport. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so they're sort of giving you this different view of like what colleagues become essentially yeah. and that colleague friendship and how that sort yeah. of really differs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it gives you, it just gave you this whole like, different side of the world like yeah. even though you were literally on a different side of the world but a different view as well yeah um, that you had to st sort of start understanding and navigating through yeah. and it's really about gaining your independence and yeah working your way through again it comes to problem solving working your way through how you're yeah. going to get to the other end you know how you're going to get to Rome how you're going to get back yeah. you know transport and what have you so yeah. it's got yeah. a lot of different directions like that on yeah. there as well as just the teaching and the living in the school yeah. aspect. And it gets to back to that where, yeah, I can relate to careers, but it's about thinking for yourself, like you were saying, problem solving. Exactly. So you get that confidence, I guess, to say, I can do this. And problem solving, once again, I mean, it's a transferable skill. So it can apply to a lot of stuff, you know. It can apply to, like you say, how do I get to Rome? Yeah. But then that problem solving can apply to perhaps how thinking about a career and understanding more about yourself and what you want to do. So yeah. how was the template? How was the... Kate template when you compare it she went over there mm -hmm. pretty raw obviously because we're yep. all learning at age 18 and the, the the Kate template when she came back what what was sort of different about her and in a career perspective or a view on the world what what did we get out of that well I think the first thing to like I guess address the teaching aspect yeah. is that I definitely felt like I was very young and I was working with young people and I sort of like came out of that and thought you know what I don't think I'm ready to become a teacher yet. Yeah, yeah. I don't think in like three to four years' time I could be in a school running a classroom. I think I need more life experience behind yeah, me. Yeah. Having gained some life experience, you yeah. need more if you're going to go down that track was my thought at yeah. that point in time. I think also when I came back, I felt like I like mum obviously still wanted to help me out, wanted to hold my hand. Are you okay? You know, like yeah, when you get yeah. home, you've just been like, I've just spent a year living by myself. <laughs> you know, I, I can make it from like my house yeah. into the city. I know how to catch a train. Yeah, that's now. right. Like, just let me be. She's like, oh, do you want to lift to the station? Like, no, I can walk the 10 minutes. It's fine. That's so, right. so there's this element of independence and it's like sort of, then I have to teach my mum and dad that yeah. I've grown. Yeah. I, I'm not the little baby anymore. You yeah. Know? I can make things on, I can make my way on my own. Yeah. Um, so that was probably also a very big change and probably more of a shock for them than yeah. it was for me. But it was a little bit hard actually coming back and readjusting to life at home with your family. Yeah. Um, 
Like, yeah. I think it sort of became a point where it's like, okay, well, when I've got a job and when I'm ready, I'll, I'll probably really want to move out again. And yeah. it's sort of like you're ready for that independence again. Because mm. um, if you just keep living at home, you don't know what you're missing out on necessarily yeah. until, you know, you actually make that move. But, like, I already, I'd already seen the light at the other side to yeah. that where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's probably a lot about, yeah, that independence side of things yeah. and just being able to think for myself. Yeah, yeah, because that, and that's a really good point if, you know, parents are sort of listening, listening to this, or not sort of listening, they're either listening or you're not, but is a, a point of view that to pick up on, I guess, lack of better words, the vibe mm -hmm. of where um, your child's at. And this can relate to teenage years, adults living with you, even when, you know, they, they move out or they get married, is just picking up on that level of, how things change and how they evolve therefore you've got to evolve a bit with the way they're changing so obviously when you're in uh, they're in primary school you're pretty much a parent in solution mode mm -hmm. where you go into solution mode and say I'll oh, do this Johnny or Jane or do these are the steps forward and they they'll take that on board but as they grow it's more about support and sometimes you've got to not let them fall to put them at risk but understand, you know, it's just a way of learning and you have to step back. And I, as a parent, uh, have found that very challenging at times too, to let some people explore and understand who they are. So that's something worthwhile, you know, thinking about as a parent when you're helping, um, you know, your child find a, a bit of space in terms of what they want to do in life and career. Equally, I'd say to the, the child of the parent is, yeah, just to... You know, have, have, a, have a think about, but aware that, you know, your parent or whoever's there to support you and that's what they're trying to do or they're trying to achieve, yeah. but it's getting that balance right with it. So that's something for us to actually, you know, consider. So what happened then? What do we go, where do we go from there, Kate? Well, we've come back. Yeah. We're all fresh. We're we've, just, yeah, what happens? We've come back. I think the first thing was like, I need a car. Yeah. Because that's my first step towards getting my independence back. Yeah. Um, when I was back in there. So I got a car within the first couple of months. And then it sort of hit about February, March time. Yep. And then uni was starting. So yep. um, I didn't change the degree. I still kept and I kept going with the commerce and the science as yep. I've gotten into, which I deferred for. Yep. Um, and I decided to start that up and I remember my first unit, so I was like, oh, I don't know what I, like, how does this work? What do I want to study? Yep. Cause I could do two units for, from a science and then two units from a business. And I decided, you know, let's just one V let's try something I've never done before. So I was like, let's try management. Yeah. That's the business side of things. And then the other one that I decided to do, I think, was econometrics, yeah. um, which I had to do introductory into econometrics. We all know what that units. is now. That's so, been explained. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Again, like maths applying it to an economic sort of situation. Yep. Um, so I decided to do those two units. And then in the science side of things, I decided let's do maths because mm. I've always been good at maths. Simple choice. Yeah. And then I decided, oh, I'd heard chemistry was really hard. Let's try something a little bit different. Let's explore biology. Yeah. Um, I'd always like had a thing for biology, let's say, yeah. but the thing, the reason why I never did it in high school was that I have a very weak stomach and could not get across yes. the dissecting yeah. side of yeah. things. Yeah. And I knew there'll be a dissection in like uni biology, but I was just like, I'll just hope I have a really nice lab partner who will hundred percent take that on and That's I don't right. have to look. And, and you just sort of close your eyes when you're cutting preps and hope you don't cut a finger. Yeah. yeah exactly. Just take that approach. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I decided with each of them, I was going like, 
try something which I felt like I was comfortable in, which was the numbers side of thing, and then branch out and try something a little bit different, mm. um, which I was so glad I did, especially in the science side of things, because biology, I absolutely loved it. Like, wow. Um, there was one week which was painful, which had the dissection. Yeah. Um, but I did luckily have a very nice lab partner who was like, I'll do all the stuff. You just like read the instructions <laughs> to me and take Teamwork. the notes. So very exactly, important. It's like I told him my fears. I'm like, I really don't want to like dissect this. It's like, I got this. Don't worry. Let's just work through it together. Yeah. So like it became like a good communication sort of exercise. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I found out absolutely loved biology doing that. Yep. Um, and I like after my first year, I was like, I'm going to do a biology major. Like, mm. that's 100% what I want to do. Absolutely love genetics. Yeah. That side of things was just, like, super interesting. Right. The way that you apply it to your everyday life and yeah. stuff like that. Um, from the commerce side of things, I did really like the econometrics. I decided I'm going to keep sort of trying to do that as my major. Yeah. Um, I did, like, my accounting and stuff like that as well. We did pretty well at that. Um, did some biz business law as well, yeah. the core units. But I decided, you know, econometrics, it's challenged, but I think it will provide me a lot more detail. Yeah. And then about halfway through, so it was a four-year degree, so it wasn't even halfway through, about a year and a half through, Yeah. I decided I love the science and my genetic studies so much yeah. that I just want to focus in on that. Yeah. Like, it's just so enjoyable, it's so applicable. Um, the content is just generally interesting. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that makes studying really easy is that when you're actually interested in what you're studying yeah. and you want to know more, yeah. um, which was what I felt with the genetics. Yeah. Um, so I had a chat with the with the uni and I was like, oh, can I please drop like the commerce side yeah. of things. I really just want to focus on this and enjoy it yeah. um, while I can. And they were happy to say, yep, man, you can yeah. drop a year off your degree. So I was also thinking, yep, my hex debt, it's not going to be as big now yeah, at the end yeah. either. Um, but I did really always love the commerce side of things and the application of things to mm. business problems and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. But when I was studying, it was just very dry. Yeah. It's probably the best way to describe it or how I felt about it when yeah. I was studying it. Um, so I sort of figured, you know, if, the, if I want to go back and work in a business, like I'll find a way, like, yeah. you know, like I always had the view that, you know, just by changing what you do at uni, isn't going to lock you out of anything. If you yeah. want to find a way to do something, you'll find a way to do something. Yeah. There's always, there's always one path. Yes, they say, but there are multiple diverging paths yeah. off that where you can just take the long road there if that's yeah. what you want. So it's interesting because you, you know, there's a few things in there that you think about, like. For you talking about biology and mm -hmm. that, you know, you're, I was a fear of that. So sometimes we look at a small snippet mm -hmm. and that that fear becomes a determining factor of whether we do something or not. It was just the dissection. It was just yeah. the ooey-gooey-gory stuff. <laughs> so you, but you push through that. And I think for people, you've got to think about trying the best to remove a fear. And it may be through a lack of confidence, maybe due to blood or incisions or whatever you've got to do. But really look into yourself about thinking what you really want to do and interest you. Because like you said, you did biology, best thing out, all right? Absolutely. Also, important thing that comes out of it too is a degree of vulnerability. If you think about an organisation, you talked about your partner in biology, and you go, you go, I don't like the dissecting. And you go, right, we'll work together on this and make it work. No different in organisations and careers and what we talk about is vulnerability yeah. because people aren't mind readers. So if you can sort of say the way it is in business or whatever you do, it doesn't matter, it could be you know, school subjects, mm -hmm. 
you'll find people will help and find a way to do it because you know if Kate didn't mention that and a person's wondering well, this person's not pulling their weight why don't they just you know make an incision yeah but underneath that is this thing of going, oh, I don't want to make an incision. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've got to understand people, and that applies like in the, yeah, like in the, the business field. And then when I hear you speak about science, think about, like, I hear your tone. So I hear your tone of excitement coming up. So people out there, think about your tone. I, I tend like, hopefully when I speak about careers, my tone goes up a bit. You know, when you speak about something that interests you, your tone goes up. It's natural. But think about when you're talking about something, when I say to the audience, mm-hmm. say, when you're talking about something, notice what's happening in the way you're speaking. Mm-hmm. Because underneath, you know, if you ask people, I go, geez, you're excited about that. And you'll go, oh, no, that's what I like talking about. Think about that sort of messaging for yourself mm-hmm. in terms of what does that mean in a career. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just want to unpack a few things there with what Kate was mentioning. And then also, the other thing is the learning she's come out, you know, about saying, okay, I'll take business and science, a year and a half, don't know about business, really interested in science stuff. That is all part of the process, right, of understanding who you are and learning about basically what you like doing. So if you're feeling that yourself as, you know, audience or ever, it's normal, right? Don't expect yourself to know everything or to know where you're meant to go. The more important is thinking about where you want to go, trying out new things and it will start to evolve for you. So thanks for that, Kate, that part there. That's really good. Now, what, what, where do we go from here, Kate? What sort of happened then? Yeah, so I was coming towards, oh, I was about to enter my final year of studies. And yeah. I was like thinking about what I want to do. And I really just wanted to focus on the content of the science, studying that. Yeah. And then sort of you come to this realisation that I was looking at careers afterwards. And yeah. it's like, oh, you've, you've sort of got to go into another year and do your honours and stuff like that and start mm. to... Yeah put the science in a different perspective and start researching it, driving around. I'm just like, I just love learning about the content. Do I want to drive that myself? Yeah. I'll have to change my units. I'll probably have to add it on another half a year to do all the um, prerequisites for honours and yep. then another year on top of that. And I was like, I don't know if I can just stand still being in the uni environment and that bubble oh, as well. okay, yep. Um, so that was when I started looking into grad programs. Yep. And the... The main thing I learned when I started looking was that there are so many grad programs out there, but so many of them also just say come with a degree. Yeah. Um, or there's an option. There might be multiple streams in a like in a business's grad program. Yeah. But there's always an option there that just say we don't really care what you've studied. You've studied. You've completed that. Yeah. Awesome. And my view on that is that they're looking for people who can literally just put their foot put their heads down and complete something yeah. and gain some of the soft skills yeah. um, that you can gain. So like you talked about vulnerability, communication, sort of risks and stuff like yeah. that, and being able to follow something through. So you yeah. get a piece of work, are you putting in all your assignments on time? Yeah. Um, because that's one of the aspects of uni where you don't have a teacher bugging you saying, yeah. like, do your assignment, do your assignment. You need to yeah. have that independence to get it in on the due yeah. date that they've set. Yeah. Um, so I applied for a heap of grad programs. The main sort of style, I guess, I was looking for was um, logistics. I, yeah. I really had that sort of view in mind of like to like toll um, and things like that. Yeah. Like because of the network, the bigger principles, the way there are multiple problems moving together. Yeah. Um, and I did a few like coals as well, so bigger businesses. Yeah. Um, but in the end, I ended up getting 
offered a position at Australia Post yeah, okay. um, and joined their grad program as a business generalist. Yeah. So again, there were people coming in, like I came in and I just had that imposter syndrome the whole time. Being like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a scientist, like, why am I here? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, what's my genetic skills going to do for Australia Post? I mean, yeah. you can't really draw parallels yeah. at that point in time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I got into that, I think, well before I finished my studies, yeah. feeling like, what am I doing here? Like, uh, well, now all I've just got to do is finish my degree. And that, having that job at the end, because yeah. um, I had that sort of, before the end of my first semester, I'd had that job sort of lined up. I'd been accepted. Yeah. Um, but it actually made that last semester and that end of the first semester um, so much easier to stay because I had like, well... I know I've got something to go to next year. Yeah. Let's just enjoy this. Let's yeah. make the most of it. I think it took a lot of pressure off. Yeah. And also because they're like, you know, you've already got a job. Like, all I've got to do is just not fail. Yeah. Um, so I could enjoy also, like, life around. I think I went um, mid-semester breaks or between semesters I went over and went did some more travelling and stuff like that because I'm like, well, I can, I will. Yeah. So, like, I know I've got a full-time job lined up. That's a full-time job. Oh, dear, what's this? Yeah. Having only worked part-time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I went and did that and that was sort of the end of finished all uni and then had the summer break, which was probably the most relaxing summer break besides, I guess I was working at that same time as well, but yeah. you know, it was quite relaxing in that sense. Yep. Um, because you knew what was coming up the next year, although I knew what was coming up, but I didn't really know what was coming up. That's right. <laughs> you had a job, but what did that entail? I mean, you probably knew roughly. You know? I, I'm like, oh, I'm working for Australia Post. I have no idea what my job is actually going to be there. Like, am I going to be sorting parcels? Like, yeah, what, what, does, right. what do people at head office do as well? Like, yeah. I, I hadn't done an internship or an IBM or anything like that. Yeah. Industry-based learning. I hadn't had any of that. Yeah. I guess people would do business or IT. They'll often have to go do a bit of a placement sort of thing. Yeah. I hadn't had anything like that. So I felt like I was really going to be coming in blind. Yeah. And again, the whole imposter syndrome. But I'm just a scientist. What's this? Yeah, like? that's right. So you've, you've, you've gone that thing like, you know, you've done your, like doing your degree, you go, I'm going to drop business. I'm going to move into science. Mm -hmm. And then you make that move to say, I'll apply to graduate programs. It wasn't much in science. <laughs> It was just, I think... Or was it more the academic side? or That the, was the main way. Uh, yeah. That, and you'd end up sort of going down a research path of okay. what I was feeling for my studies in yeah. the genetic side of things, which I just didn't feel like I would be able to keep going like, so, at the pace required for that. Yeah. It seems like, like you say, there's a bit of a, a people-person aspect. You're fo focused on the numbers and those skills, mm -hmm. but it sounds like through the learning aspects of what you, you've mentioned, you know, is important to help people, teach people, is yep. coming in. Yep. So that's underpinning quality. And then we're still going back to the maths and, if you want to call it lack of better words, but, you know, data and analysis problem and all problem-solving stuff sits mm -hmm. with you. Yep. So we're seeing quite a, a same trend almost from your younger years in some ways mm -hmm. that's carried through a bit on your decisions. So that's, yeah, that's sort of really interesting to where you've sort of, yeah, got to. And then you go in this graduate program and it's general. Mm. Yeah, but what is it? And these are all the uncertainties of life. So, exactly. yeah, exactly. how'd it go? Well, what happened? Well, I remember... Well, so what'd you do there? Yeah. 
so we had like the induction week or what have you with the other grads and then we all get told like what, what area of the business we're going to work in like what is our job title yes yeah you're not going to be a graduate like forever you've got to go and do a job you yeah. can't just sit in a workshop all day yeah um and i got told oh you're going to go into the consumer services team and i'm like Alrighty. Wow, the consumer services. What does that mean? <laughs> and then, like, my, uh, and I always remember as well, like, um, they before we met our managers, they gave us this etiquette thing, and they're like, you know, when you're meeting a colleague for the first time, you know, never greet with a hug. You know, always just like a handshake. Hi, I'm Kate. Blah, 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 blah. This is a bit about me. And I remember, like, my manager came in and she was so excited to meet me. She came in with the hug. And I was like, oh, well, okay, like, nice to meet you too. Um, yeah. Sort of thing. I guess I have to reciprocate. Yeah, that's hug. all right. I'll hug back. A bit, oh, yeah. a bit awkward. And so, like, already that first impression, it's like they say one thing, but that's not necessarily the way things have yeah. to go. Like, relationships was the first thing I realized was extremely important in this team that I was going to be doing. Yeah, that's right. Um. And then so, you know, I went up for my first week and my manager was like, cool, Kate, like, hope you're really excited. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want you to go and do some research in terms of what new consumer services we could offer through our post office network and yeah. things like that. And I was like, okay, cool. So she's like, yeah, just have a, have a bit of a research, pull some info yeah. together. And I was like, awesome. So I like open up a spreadsheet, me, data-minded. Yeah. If I go and I'm off on the Google, like seeing what other post things are doing in different areas. I come back and I've got a nicely organized spreadsheet. Yeah, My manager that. looks at me and just like, so how are you going to share this though? Like, you know, you can't just send people a spreadsheet. Like, you know, yeah. put, put, put some slides together. And I'm like, slides? What do you mean? It's like, you know, a PowerPoint, you know, put some information on there. So I'm like, alrighty. So I basically open up PowerPoint and I'm like, geez, this is taking me back to primary school, making quizzes with all the hyperlinks and go from this to that. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, but I don't think this is what she's after a quiz yeah. um so i just literally copy my table from excel and i paste <laughs> it in my powerpoint and i'm like awesome like here you go and she's like no okay that's not what i'm thinking like like she's like here i'll send you through some examples of yeah. like packs yeah um in terms of how you structure packs and what it needs to look like and that's yeah. all these and i was like how is this done in powerpoint this is amazing like yeah. so much information yeah um and then she's like, oh, I'll try to whip up something similar. And I just remember, like, that was, like, my first week. And I felt so incompetent. She was like, yeah. no, and that's not quite what we want, like, sort of yeah. thing. And just that learning curve in terms of, like, what is a pack? How do you present yeah. information in a different yeah. landscape? Because, yeah. again, coming from a science background, usually I just need to pull the spreadsheet together, get the numbers, put the numbers in the right spot. There you go. There's yeah. your answer. Yeah. Um, so very different. And it's more qualitative than quantitative. Yeah. Um, so that side of things also made it a little bit trickier for me. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting because you've got to sort of think about your audience. And that's mm -hmm. sort of like if you're working science, like and like, science and science, they'll yeah. look up on the data and they'll eyeball they'll it. Just look at, it. They'll look at it and be like, yeah, I know what you're saying, they're perfect. Cool. And when we go to a different sp uh, space, you know, we want the same data, but you're going to be t uh, communicating it to a different audience. Yeah. So hence the marvellous PowerPoint that has existed forever and a day. Put it in a nice graph and make sure that graph tells the story. Yeah. They don't want to see every single specific number and understand the outliers and what have you. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. just want something that's really easy to digest. Yeah. yeah. And that's a big part of business now. They talk about the storytelling mm. aspect, you know, to... Yeah, no different when you, you think about a good book you read or mm -hmm. something. There's always a, a bit of a start, you know, there's got to be a bit of engagement and there's got to be, oh, this is how it ended out, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, that's a skill. Yeah, it's really important yeah. when you're doing it. Oh, that's yeah. good. And what what else? Any other in the program and where anything yeah. else you move? So I, 
uh, as part of the program, there were three rotations. So that's sort of where I started. We yeah. did a lot of investigative, qualitative, understanding customers, what they want sort of things yeah. in the first thing. So that was where I started. And then, you know, as I mentioned, when I was looking at like graduate programs, I was always sort of interested in the logistics, that bigger network perspective. Yep. Um, so I was really lucky in terms that I could sort of drive where I wanted to go to next. Um, so I decided to take a more operational role at Australia Post um, and work into the network planning and infrastructure yep. area, um, which was basically all about working out how do we make parcels and mail move better around the network. So back to our core or the business's core proposition, yep. what their main service was. Yep. Um, so we did a lot of work in terms of working out where do we need new parcel centres, mail centres, what do we do with them, consolidating things to make things work better. Yeah. Um, understanding capacity gaps so it went more to an analysis perspective yeah. that role and actually understanding data numbers what's the map like if you think about a big machine what can that machine do understanding yeah. the machine you know how many parcels can it sort per hour yeah um how many people do you need on that machine to make it sort that many parcels per hour yeah um so we went back to that well, you're in your this. element kate and this like really it sat well with me like yeah. that rotation it sounds like was like I don't, it just made sense. It, yeah. It fit. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely loved it. We worked on sort of the network plan, what the future of the network's going to look like, um, and did that. And then uh, you could have almost rolled off after a second rotation, but I did really want to take advantage of the graduate program, the opportunity yeah. that I yeah. had. Yeah. And I decided to take my third rotation. Yeah. Um, I was really unsure where to go because I had such a good second rotation. So I really leveraged the people who I'd worked with to be like, you know, who else do you know out in the network that, yeah. you know, might be something really different. Yeah. And um, my manager at the time was like, oh, I speak to this person over in the international space. Yeah. Um, so I went and had a chat with them and they were looking at growth channels in the international area. Yeah. Um, so I went over and worked, did my third rotation over there, which yeah. was all about sort of what new products can we offer to service the international market, so to help people send basically overseas yeah. better and where do they want to send. So it was a bit about the customer, what do they want, but also how can we change, add numbers into that to actually create a story and a business case or yeah, a proposition yeah. that's worth the business investing in. Yeah. So sort of bringing the two of them together in a way. Yeah. Um, but after that, I realised that it was really that that network planning, working out what that big picture needs to look like and working mm. on something that's very core to a business yeah. um, was my passion mm. and ended up um, securing a role after the grad program back in that team, which yeah. was renamed into infrastructure and automation. Yeah. Um, and worked over there for about two and a half years as an uh, analyst. Yeah. Over there. So, you know, pulling together business cases, um, investment evaluation models yeah. to be able to frame up what is the problem, yeah. how can we solve it, and what will that end solution look like. Yeah. And putting financials to it, yeah. engaging with stakeholders and things yeah. like that was sort of the key bit. Absolutely loved So that. how are you feeling? Are you a scientist in your own mind at this stage? Or have you made a... Have you gone from imposter to say, yeah, no, I deserve, I am here, this is what I'm about, um, are you comfortable in your own skin, all that sort of stuff? I think I realised after about a year, I, it came to me, I'm like, I now know why they have a generalist program. Yeah. Um, especially in a business which is so big, has diverse roles that you can do yeah there are so many transferable skills just like the number crunching ability and that ability to think okay what's the problem what's the solution let's put a hypothesis in there let's model that and test that and let's see how that works so that framework that you come 
when you run an experiment, yep. you can apply the data models. That's yeah. essentially what you're running. You're running your own little experiment to see what the numbers do and what sort of sits right. Yeah. Test your assumptions. You apply a lot of assumptions to yeah. models and it's like, are they valid assumptions? Yeah. So essentially, like, there's... I wouldn't say I'm a scientist, but I wouldn't say I'm not a scientist. Yeah. You're just, you just apply that mindset yeah. to a different range of solutions. I'm not there, you know, looking at like testing different genes and how they work yeah. from a genetic perspective. I'm yeah. there testing the numbers to see yeah. what the best solution would yeah. be. So I think, yes, I am still a scientist, yeah. um, but my science is numbers and models. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good answer, Kate. Cause, and people should think about that in their... You know, you don't have to, when you think, oh, I love science, think a bit deeper what that means to you. You know, is it the research? Is it working in a, in a lab? You know, is it in that sort of environment? Or is it a fact that, you know, you need to perhaps a bit more of that people connection, but you've still got that, I suppose, those skills or can work within a model that's transferable to any industry or any sort of profession? Because in essence... You know, that sort of problem-solving aspect and the analysis, etc., is, you know, applies to a whole range because everyone's trying to get ahead. And as Kate alluded to, we referred to those sort of employability skills that we talk about now. So we're not always talking about IQ. You know, am I the smartest person? A business will go, oh, well, that's very good. And it probably shows you've got a learning ability. And that's probably one of the things like the Australia Post were looking at, is to say, well, we don't care where they come from. I mean that in a nice way. Um, but they've obviously got to have a degree. But it shows that degree and what they're studying shows a learning ability, an ability to problem solve or to communicate or to work in a team or to show initiative. So whatever that sort of aspect is, there's employability skills you can start to think about and where you know what you can offer, but also thinking about, yeah, where they can be applied and best used. So you're there at Australia Post. Are you still there at Australia Post? I just want to make sure I'm up with the story, Kate. So I'm not currently. So no, you're not now. But how long were you at Australia Post? Sort so of? all up, I was at Australia Post for four and a half years. Yeah. Um, so I had two years of grad program, two and a half years um, in the role that I ended mentioned. up in. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. mentioned. And then I probably like... I've been through two and a half years, so within that team there was sort of a cycle of events and I've been through the cycle a few times in yeah. terms of like look at the model, put together a business case, put together an investment yeah. evaluation model. You're in the groove. Put all that together. I've been through that a few times. Yeah. Sort of like, I've got this. Like, yeah. I know how to do this now. Yeah. I'm down yeah. pat. I'd also done some operational planning to make yeah. sure the sites that went down were correct and accurate. Yeah. And then at that point, like, I was sort of like, okay, I think I'm ready for something different. I had a bit of explore around Australia Post, but there wasn't too much going, so I decided to look external into the market. Yeah. Um, one of the things I did really enjoy about my role at Australia Post, um, which I thought I could look at this a little bit further, yeah. um, was that when we were putting a site down, we had to make sure we had the right people in the right place, made sure we had the right like assumptions in the business case for a cost per hour, so yeah. how much it was going to cost us from a people perspective. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I did always like that. So the workforce planning aspect, let's ah, call it, okay. that we had to consider within that and make sure that we had that consideration from the business case and then we also aligned that when we implemented so that the financials would stack up. Yeah, okay. Um, and then I found a role at Coles, which was as a, uh, it's called a REM commercial analyst. Um, REM. So REM stands for remuneration. Yeah. Um, 
so it's looking at you know the people and the cost of the people side of things um so i actually ended up getting a role there um, in the rem commercial team and uh that was all about like sort of putting together the models or helping put together the models for the cost per hours for all the supermarkets for yeah. all the people. Okay. Um, so we worked closely with like the yeah. labour standards teams who would develop the models to work out how much people you need where. Yeah. And then our side of things was taking all those numbers and saying, well, what's the performance of this like? Um, yeah. So how do we perform at the end of a period? Um, so a bit more of a financial sort of lens. Yeah, so, and also when I hear workforce planning, you hear that terminology in human resources yeah. quite a lot. Uh, everything's around workforce planning because then you've got to get sign-off for headcount mm -hmm. and, yeah, get approvals for those, obviously, to run your business and yeah. what you can recruit. Okay, that's interesting. Then you've got the finance yeah. So a bit Budgets? of this was a real like it was yeah, a different okay. role for me, but you know my my perspective of this was like I know I love this aspect of what mm. I've been doing for the past two and a half years, but you know I'm still young. Yeah. If I want to explore something else, you know I think now's the best time to do it because if it turns out I don't enjoy it as much as I want or as much as I hope, I've still got time to sort of jump between roles and. I can give this one a go and like a year later if I really dislike it I can try and jump somewhere else yeah. and one of the most appealing things about Coles was that it is another big company yeah. it's a big red company but it's a big company yep. where you've got so many areas within Coles that once you're in a door similar to once you're in the door at Australia Post you can jump around and try yeah. different things once you're in the door at Coles you can have a look around and see what else is yeah. going um, so that was one of the real appealing things as well is that, you know, yeah. I could probably stay here another four or five years That's within right. Coles. I might not be in the same role, yeah. but I can still be at the same company, which yeah. is also appealing for consistency. So, um, what, yeah, it's interesting. That's something for people to think about. Like Kate's talking about, like, the benefits for her in terms of, I guess, honouring her career development is going into a big organisation and thinking about, okay... I'll get. I'll start here, but there could be some other options, mm -hmm. and that will that company will allow me to develop. Equally, there may be people that uh, uh, want to work in small organisations or independently. Mm -hmm. So that's something you've got to understand about yourself too, as a person, as to the organisation. Do you want to work in that sort of commercial environment? Would you like a, a, I don't know a smaller um, organisation? within a certain industry. So think about the size of the organisation, the sort of industries you want to work in, and obviously the particular job you'll be doing in your career. So that's something you can take out of that. Now, I'm interested, Kate, where are we now? Because I know where we are at the moment, right? Yeah. I know that, but when there's room. But um, more about, like, the teaching. Yeah. T tell me a bit about the Look, I'm quite clear on the data side with you. Yeah. And I can hear you talk about it. I can hear your tone. I can hear your passion about it. It's yep. great. But and the, the the connection and helping seems to be in there. But just explain, I guess. Yeah, where's the teaching now? From when you mentioned it in primary school. Yeah. The teacher then, yep. and the teacher now is that still there? I would say one hundred percent. It is still hanging around there. I still have umming and ahhing at times. Like, should I just go and do a master's of teaching? That is still a thought yeah. that comes into my head. Sometimes you have a bad day and you're like, maybe just go try something else. Yeah. Um, but I think the main thing that I've learned along the way is that no matter what role you're in, there's always an ability to teach and to help. Yeah. So, you know, 
like for instance when I first started a straight post I didn't know what a pack was or whatever somebody taught me what yeah. that was and somebody yeah. helped me learn how yeah. to do that yeah. I then had somebody who taught me a heap of really key analysis skills for yeah. Excel and modeling and stuff like that yeah. they taught me and then as you go along you know I become someone who's been there more senior and we on board on a new person into the team to help us out yeah I'm more than happy to always take them under my wing to be like, okay, well, let me show you around. This is how we do things. Yeah. Like, this is how a site works at yeah. Australia Post and take them on a tour and show them why why things are the way they are. Yeah. Um, and then furthermore, like, even at Coles, you can still keep going on and as, as new people come on board, you can teach them what they need to know mm. to help get them up to pace. And it also helps build the relationship and then it builds trust in relationships and yeah. things and then you become a, a more valued team member because yeah. they know oh, if I have a problem Kate, Kate will always be there you know I can yeah. always just ask Kate yeah. so there's always that element that you can help yeah. and that you can teach it might not be teaching what's one plus one yeah, yeah sure but you can teach processes you can teach ways of doing things ways yeah. of working um, yeah. just navigating an organisation for instance you can help out with that yeah. so there's always this aspect of teaching even if it's not yeah, in the strictest teacher. qualified I'm teacher. I'm not a correct teacher yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't have the qualifications to be a teacher. No. But there's always an aspect that there's you can helping. keep that going, which is probably like one of the reasons that I'm still in the... So working yeah. corporates because you can keep working like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's part of your job satisfaction. You yeah. know what I mean? Perhaps if you were just locked in a back room in a corporate world, mm -hmm. you wouldn't have the mix, but you've got that mix of connecting, working with people, teaching, helping out. And one of the things, your great thing you touched on, I think, is trust. Mm -hmm. And they're being that openness there to help others and then knowing, you know, you've got their back or you know someone else has got your back in a commercial sense that you can go to. You can't put a price on it in terms of how it makes you feel and knowing that. And that's a big aspect, whether it's your manager, whether it's your colleagues, whatever, knowing you've got that trust yeah. and you build that relationship. So people should be, you know, really conscious of that because no doubt that'll be important to them yeah. in terms of, part of their careers and where they get their satisfaction from. Yeah, and, and touching on that, you know, by building those trusts, it means that if a person's ever struggling or feeling vulnerable, they'll come and open up and they'll come and ask for help before yeah. something gets too far down the line. Yeah. And asking for help is one of those things that you don't want to do it, you don't want to seem weak and mm. incapable, or, um, yeah. but by doing it, it actually shows strength, vulnerability, and people are more res like respecting and be like, actually, I'm going to put in that extra 10 minutes and I'm going to check in and make yeah. sure. And then it builds confidence between the two of you as well. Yeah. So it's something to really sort of keep in mind that it's 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 good to be brave and take that risk yeah. and ask for help yeah. um, and be vulnerable. As, as painful as it feels, Yeah. it's actually a really good skill set to be, be vulnerable. Yeah, I think up. it's yeah amazing for people to be able to do that and... It's, and it's, there's no, there's no shame in it. It's like, no. you can't know everything and no. we're all learning and you've got to think about where you're working and to get the best outcomes and, yeah. you know, just, that's the whole bit of a, a team. So it can work, well, yeah, so it's a good learning really to think about and not so much people looking for careers and sure it's of interest, but when you think about just generally working in a team, yeah. And how important it is there just to say, this is who I am or I'm struggling on this day. or And some people go, oh, thanks for telling me that. That's great. Oh, I'm here to help you. You know, or I'll cover that piece of work off if you're feeling that way. 
And when, yeah. you, and when you're working five days a week and you've got a team, you're spending more time at work yeah. than you are doing other things. So you've really got to be able to feel comfortable in that environment yeah. as well because it becomes another family essentially. And right. you, you call them colleagues to start off with, but a lot of those colleagues become your friends. Yeah. Um, because you really don't have a choice. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. you've got to make it work. Yeah. It's a relationship. You've got to make it work. So, exactly. Yeah. So we're, we were fit. we're at the, the, the coals now and... We've sort of covered that off in yeah. terms of the role. So I guess the key thing here when we, to your stage of your journey now, mm-hmm. is a bit about what you've actually learned. You know, what can you sort of tell the audience or the, yeah, the listeners as such in terms of what you've actually learned along the way, you know, from your, your experiences? Yeah. What are the, yeah. So we'll jump back just briefly one step. So I did make Please. a switch about four months ago yeah um so that it just under a year having been in that first role at Coles yeah and I did switch back into a more of a network planning role because an opportunity arose at Coles again advantage of being within a big company um so I am back doing sort of that network planning side of things again um I just wanted to highlight that just to give the full yeah no worries at all Kate but in in terms of what I've I guess learned along the way is that you've got to be a risk taker you've got to be willing to give everything a go, jump in. Even if you're a bit scared, just give everything a go. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you give a go, what you try, the important thing is that you do try because yeah. it will help you progress. If, it, if you hate it, you hate it. That's yeah. cool. That's something you didn't know before that if yeah. you didn't try. Uh, if you love it, oh, awesome. Like you can add that to your likes list and what have you. But yeah. you've got to actually just try something and the other thing I would recommend is that like even looking back at my career journey I still am an eye in terms of should I have taken more time before I went to uni should I have gotten some more life experience should I have like you know just started working full-time in retail or something like that just to gain that aspect and maybe I would have found another path I mean if I was working retail at Coles the number of people I work with at Coles who started off as a checkout chick or stacking shelves or driving the, the vans there yeah but hey, they still made it up to head office. Yeah. Um, they took a different path, but hey, they come with a different skill set altogether yeah. because they've had the boots on the ground. Yeah. So no matter what way you go, like there's no wrong answer. The yeah. important thing is to you get your, get yourself out there, get yeah. out of your bedroom, and see the world. Yeah. And you'll start to find some sort of passion, some sort of way to get there. Yeah. There is no right way. There is no wrong way. Yeah. There's only straight ahead. Yeah. That sort of That's great. And look, that is a like, fantastic from a point of view that, you know, we talk about Kate and her journey. And, yep, she's been to uni and she's progressed, graduate program and, you know, Australia Post and Coles. But like he says, many are, we're on a different journey and there's no right or wrong. So that's really important to sort of have this. I want to go back to it, but the who I am and understanding a bit about yourself. So you'll hear a lot of noise as you go through life. And by that, I mean, sometimes you get people telling you what you should do. And that's good to be open to that in terms of not listening directly to them, say, yeah, I'll do that. But more it's about taking it as advice and then filtering it to say, that's valid. Yeah, that's good feedback or I'll take that on board. But filtering it through to being true to yourself. Okay, so that's. Just uh, sort of my view and opinion because you do get that piece you say, Oh, you should do this, you should do that. And with great respects to parents, I'm a parent, so you know, sometimes we'll go, You should do this and you should do that. But you've got to, as I said earlier, perhaps give a bit of that space. Equally, you as a person have got to have that 
true to yourself to understand does that you know do you enjoy that is that of interest to you you know can you do you speak in tones that indicate it's an interest to you but that's something to reflect on and you know you can do an apprenticeship you can start you know in the work in a warehouse whatever it is you know there's all different pathways and that just purely depends on the individual and you're doing something that gives you a bit of joy as you keep going through life so it's great so is there any more learnings, Kate? Have we, do you think you've covered off? Hey, you're pretty good. I, I thought it was pretty good, but I yeah. The only other thing that I'd say is that, mentioning on what I called out before, is that the people you meet along the way, Yeah. they are also one of your biggest assets. I yeah. mean, you work five days a week with them. They can't just be your colleagues at the end of the day. I yeah. mean, I can safely say that all the people that I've worked with become your friends. Yeah. Um, and often it's those friends that will help you get your next opportunities as well because yeah. they know you. Yeah. Um, they might see something and be like, hey, you'll be really suited for that. And they might help you take that next step. And they've actually worked with you and they know what you're about. Um, so the relationships can't be underestimated, um, yeah. I think, as well. Oh, I reckon that's top. Look, I've got to tell you, Kate, there's a lot of nuggets. <laughs> A lot of nuggets here. I don't know about you, but I hope you picked up on all the nuggets. Gold yeah. nuggets, are. gold <laughs> nuggets, indeed, because that's another one where the networking comes into play. Mm-hmm. And there's and networking. Let's be clear on it. And some people view this. I'm using people. It's nothing to do with that. Like networks are actually, you know, more or less like things in common in terms of work, mm-hmm. profession, through friendships, whatever. But you call it any way you want. But these are people you just naturally value. And it doesn't mean you, you do something and you expect something back straight away. Networking's just like you do, we're talking about work. You're helping out. And you don't know when something comes out of a network, to be honest. But, you know, you may be sitting at your desk working away and you get a call from Ginger. I don't know why I said Ginger. It came into my head. But... <laughs> But no idea, but yeah, Ginger and Ginger said, "Oh, look, I've been thinking about you." And you go, "Oh, yeah, what about?" And you're just about, "Oh, think about this job for you, or this role, or this seminar, or this whatever." And that's the way it happens, you know. Even like we talk about career, you cannot write a script. Networking, you cannot write a script, but you put the effort in, and we just don't know what will turn out for us. Maybe good, maybe bad. But, yeah, that's sort of really important about the networking and, and staying connected. And it sounds like a dirty word, like, oh, so much effort to network. Yeah. But in reality, it's not. It's just working with people, building the relationship, building the trust, having a conversation. Yeah. It's as sim- simple as going into the schoolyard and, you know, playing on the playground with a friend. Yeah. Like, or making a friend by playing on the playground. You know, yeah. Sort of yeah. thing. It's not a dirty word. It's no. not too hard to do. Yeah. All you got to do is be open and honest, be yourself. Yeah. And then oh, Kate, you said it better than I did. <laughs> I think perhaps you should do this. I feel like, no, it's good. It's good. Now, I suppose, and the other thing I suppose I want to cover cover off while we've got the time is about any future aspirations. Have you got any general thoughts on where to from here? And yeah, or any yeah. So, so at the moment, I'm, I'm very happy in the role that I'm in. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, as I mentioned before, I still, like, have that teaching aspect that pops into my head. Yeah. Who knows, like, every now and then. Yeah. Um, who knows when or where I might act on it. I don't know. I'll yeah. see, see what way the wind blows. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the moment I can get that sort of satisfaction of teaching um, within my current role. So, you know, by helping others. Yeah. So, like, at the moment, happy where I am. Who knows? 
I'm not the type of person who knows exactly where you're going to go next. Yeah, yeah. Um, like to think more short-term goals and yeah. see, what, see what steps you end up and where the road leads. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, at, at the moment, the... The world's my oyster. Yeah, no, that's good. That's a good way to look at it. So that's your yeah. philosophy on yeah. yeah, careers and where you're going, and probably in yeah. life too, by the sounds yeah. of it too. So it's a bigger picture. But there we are, right? So, Kate, visualise your younger self, mm -hmm. all right? So there you are, and you're thinking about... Yeah, you know, I guess now, what would you write to your younger self now yeah. from what, all your knowledge you've gained and experiences... What would you write to your younger self now that would help you propel yourself Probably. into the future? Probably say something like, oh, hey, Kate, um, hope you're doing well. And I was checking in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'd say it doesn't matter what, what you choose, what way you want to go. Um, you'll get to wherever you want to be. Who knows what that is. Yeah. Um, point is just keep trying. Yeah. And make sure you talk to the people along the way. Yeah. You know, make those friendships, make those connections. Yeah. Um, because they'll also help you get to where you want to go. They're, yeah. they're a big asset as well. So yeah. just know that no decision is a wrong decision. The, yeah. import, the important part is that you just go. Yeah. Like, you're decisive. Yeah. So that's that's probably a bit of a nugget. but in a Yeah, sense, another some, nugget, Kate. A, a lot nuggets. of nuggets. There's a pile of them. <laughs> just, just, I might trip over them as I'm going out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> they're all over the place. <laughs> But, yeah, no, look, that's great, Kate. Look, I really thank you very much for your time um, and doing the podcast with, you know, our second podcast, Funky Careers, podcast number 21. Hope all out there, you know, obviously have a, have a listen to it and it's hard to say until you have listened to it when I'm talking until you get to the end of this podcast. <laughs> but, no, it's been really good and the main thing we're trying to achieve here is just to create awareness for people to understand, you know, the way careers happen you know, and the way they evolve and hopefully to give you a bit of, like I say, awareness and education and some, as we repeat, the nuggets that may help you along the way. But thanks again, Kate. And thank you very much, Kate. And yeah, until next time on Funky Careers, thank you very much for listening. David Key signing off. <laughs>